speak up with Vernisa and Jen. It's time to speak up. Hello, my name is Vernisa. Hey, y'all, this is Jen. And this is our podcast. Speak up. What's up, Jen? Hey, girl. How are you? I'm good. How are you? I'm good. Glad that we made it to episode 81, live on the Good News Radio. That's right, y'all. 81 weeks on here. Yes, most definitely. For those of you that don't know, me and Jen are best friends, and we create this podcast to use our voices to motivate people to overcome life challenges through self-love and respect. That's right. After 81 episodes, you should know self-love and respect are two core values we hold near and dear to our hearts. Yes, most definitely. But before we get started, a quick shout-out to our amazing sponsor. Shout-out to My Bar, located at 720 East Manchester, Inglewood, California. Get your nails, your lashes, your hair done. Ask for mine. Tell me that speak of JV. Since you, the Instagram is at myy.bar. And shout-out to our other sponsor, Be Actual Now. Natural. Why settle for less? All their products are created with you in mind for a goal to let yourself love show through your self-care. Their chemical-free hair and skincare products are handmade, plant-based, and free of fillers or preservatives. Treat yourself while you're taking care of yourself. Start your journey at www.theactualnatural.com or check them out on Instagram at theactualnatural. Yes, for real, y'all. I am so excited for tonight's episode. You know, we talk about self-love and inner peace a lot, but you know, it's time to have a pro in here with us. We actually <laughs> had a pro in the building with us that's going to, you know, really, really push us to. Y'all give it up for Eric. Woo! How you doing? I'm good. How are you guys doing? Doing good. I'm glad to be here. Yeah, glad to have you. So uh, t- tell, tell us a little bit about yourself. So my name is Eric Nunez. I am a licensed clinical therapist. Uh, originally from Los Angeles, California, so South Central to be exact. The West Coast, the best coast. Um, a little bit about my education. So I have a BA in sociology with an emphasis in interpersonal relationships and group interactions. Mm-hmm. And then I have my master's from Columbia University in New York in social work. Wow, mm-hmm. nice. Oh, I love that. Oh, that's, a, that's amazing. We are so honored to have you here. Shout out to Nikki who told us about yes. that. I was like, yes. That's our, that's our friend in common. Yes. Nice. You, know, and that, you know, that's the key, networking. Absolutely. You know, just having having all that. So. And if you haven't gotten tatted by Nikki just yet, y'all are missing out. She has tatted actually all three of us. Yes. <laughs> Got us all here looking good. <laughs> yeah. So, um, how did you get into how did you get into therapy? So, so the reason why I got into therapy, well, social work to be exact, is um, I'm Puerto Rican and black, right? Uh, so I come from a very loving thriving, nurturing, dysfunctional Puerto Rican family, right? (laughs) So uh, growing up, um, I always wanted to understand behavior. Mm. Why do we show up a certain type of way? Mm -hmm. Because I knew that some behavior within my family was not normal, Mm. right? So I was like, I need to go to school for this. I want to learn my family. So I went into social work. Mm -hmm. So I could also learn myself and not pick up certain behaviors. Yes. That's awesome. I feel like one of the best ways to really break that cycle that everybody's talking about is to learn about it in the first place, right? And then I'm glad that you were able to actually pursue that on a professional level, too. Mm-hmm. It's like it's facing yourself, right? Mm-hmm. It's facing um, behaviors. It's fa- uh, facing thought patterns that mm-hmm. have kept us stuck and um, in somewhat of toxic uh, environments. Ooh, I'm ready to learn this. Episode. Yeah. <laughs> and I love that you brought that up because, you know, it goes with breaking the cycle. I think when we think Absolutely. about breaking the cycle, we think about money and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. But honestly, those patterns, like you were just mm-hmm. saying, like trying to unwire the way we think, the way we deal with emotion and stuff. So, oh, that's super dope. I'm excited for tonight, y'all. <laughs> um, so I know you said that you had a focus when you were studying, but do you have a specific focus in therapy? Like, I know some people do families. I know some people like... Yeah, mm-hmm. what is your focus? So my, my focus right now is uh, I just do psychodynamic therapy, right? Mm-hmm. So it's basically talk therapy, um, okay. high-functioning individuals. Um, so my focus is mainly like couples, relationships, mm-hmm. um, LGBTQ folks, nice. everybody. I want to see everybody, right? So it's all about just like expanding my horizon and understanding, you know, how to tap into um, the common theme that we all come to therapy for. Mm-hmm. Do we know what the common theme of therapy for, for me, I think the common theme within therapy is understanding your pain and trauma. Ooh, I love that. Right, Very and that shows up in different ways in different forms. Mm-hmm. Oh, yes, most definitely. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And uh, what is your, your session style? So my session style is, is talk therapy, right? Uh, I like to call myself a radical therapist, mm-hmm. uh, which means that, you know, I'm not your average cookie cutter, straight, you know, <laughs> type of therapist. I want us to vibe. I want us to laugh, curse, uh, get up, scream, Ooh, utilize the space. Nice. I only have one rule. The only rule is just don't throw nothing at me. That's it. I love it. Right? Um, So, you know, 
it's, it's interesting because I have clients come in and they I just see how comfortable they are and that makes me really happy. It's like knowing that I'm creating the space mm-hmm. for people of color to feel extremely comfortable and talk about their issues and their deepest, darkest thoughts, mm-hmm. right? So I have, you know, my, my black females come in, take out their hair during our sessions. You know, Ooh, like I, I, I love That's to provide awesome. spaces like that for people. I love that because we definitely got that vibe, um, even in just checking like your page, you know, we saw that not only did you get deep, but like you made it in a relatable way, like also in a way where people didn't feel like they're being talked down to. I got more the vibe of like, okay, let me help you. Let me be alongside you. And I think that's really important when you're seeking any type of therapist, because I feel like a lot of people have a certain idea that a therapist looks a certain way. Mm-hmm. Right, right, right. And, you know, I look into this camera. Yes. If you have a therapist and your therapist does not have a therapist, please find them. Because, you know, at the end of the day, yes, I'm a therapist and I'm training this aspect, but I'm still a human being. Yes. So I'm very open about my healing journey while I'm helping others heal themselves. Mm-hmm. I, I think that's important that you are taking the time to work. Yourself. And I feel like a lot of we see it all the time. People thinking like, I feel like in life, we never stop learning. Mm-hmm. Right. And I love that you're open about that. Like, I'm still like, I'm doing my journey, too. And I think that's where that comfort comes in. Like, mm-hmm. we can all do this. Mm-hmm. Like, I'm going to make a joke, y'all, before we was having some technical difficulties. But I love how Paige called me wasn't patient for me. <laughs> I was trying to get it right. <laughs> mm-hmm. Well, you know, I, 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 so let's talk about uh, toxic behavior or like problematic behavior before. A part of me wanted to help you, but mm-hmm. at the same time, it was like that's her turbulence right now. She mm-hmm. has to sit in that. I can't assist because I what I don't know anything how to help you right now, mm-hmm. right? And sometimes that's hard for us to do. We think that we see someone in turbulence and we automatically have to jump onto their turbulence, but it's like. Sometimes they got to sit in that on their own. I done figured it out. Yeah, right. And we eventually do. So, <laughs> look, we on the episode now, y'all. So. You were our silent cheerleader. I love it. So, no, I was like, woo. Thank you for the flowers, by the way. Y'all, yes. you brought us flowers. And yes. Ooh, Absolutely. Made my day today. Right, you got to give people their flowers while they're here. That's right. Yes. Why is that something we always bring up in an episode? You know, like, that's why we like talking to all kinds of people. Because it's like, if you're making an impact in this world, you might as well get your flowers and give flowers in return. Absolutely. I love that. Um, so we have a question for you. What has been your biggest challenge in becoming a therapist? Ooh. And I'm sure you probably have many, but like one that just comes yeah. to you. Um, I, well, I have a few. I think the ones that come up off the top of my head is that the system itself of becoming a therapist mm. is very challenging that mm-hmm. a lot of people don't know about. Right. Um, it's created in a way where there are so many steps that um, it prolongs the journey. Mm. Right. But also when you think about people of color, we already have so many barriers right. attached to us trying to progress in life. So then we have to go even more, even, you know, go through even more barriers to get a certification or a certificate to get mm-hmm. licensed. So I think it's set up in a way to like discourage people after a while because it's mm. a very long process. Wow. Wow. Um, and when you think about it, there's only, out of the U.S. right now, there's only 6% of therapists are of color. 6%? That's low. Are you serious? 6% of Under therapists 10 in the that. U.S. Wow. are people of color. Okay. So just think, about, you know, just think about that knowledge within itself. So, so becoming a therapist is a very long journey process. Mm-hmm. Um, I say another thing to becoming a therapist, a good therapist, is that you really have to face yourself mm. daily. Right. It would be very coward like of me to tell you to do something if I'm not practicing it in That's my life. True. Yeah. Right. So it's like so it's like, damn, I just told a client I have to you have to do X, Y, and Z to progress yourself. Mm-hmm. Well, why am I doing it? Right. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. <laughs> you know, so yeah, exactly. So it's an everyday process of trying to become a better version of myself. Mm. And sometimes that gets very taxing along with holding space for other people. Mm. So at what point would you say like the therapist turns off and then like you're facing or like not facing so much of you I guess I don't know if that makes sense um I don't think the therapist does turn off mm. I think there's always a part of me that's trying to think about the conversation my tone how I'm showing up my body manner uh, my body language mm-hmm. um am I being sensitive am I being empathetic am I holding space for them am I choosing myself while choosing somebody else is that I'm constantly dealing with that there's a meme going around of uh, Albert Einstein, and he has all the equations in the back of his head. Mm-hmm. And it was like, when your therapist has a blank look on his face, that's what's happening. I have all <laughs> oh, these equations wow. happening in my head. Yeah. 
So at times, you know, that's why taking care of myself, self-care within my healing practice is so important because I need those quiet moments where I'm able to turn my brain. Right. I love that you said taking care of yourself because we're big on like big on talking about that, like taking that time for yourself or like not pouring out of an empty glass. Listen, right. So you have to refill yourself. Listen, regular I'll be the first one to be like, nope, can't do it. Oh, I love it. <laughs> <laughs> nope, can't do it. I need to go fill my cup up real quick over the weekend so I can come back. Exactly. <laughs> I love it. This is a bit, this is a vibe already. Y'all, so um what is our title for tonight, best friend? Oh, I we got started all in the conversation. We forgot all about that. Yes. Um so the title for tonight is You Can Do It. You can do it. Oh, I should have played that beat. I was, I was all over the place today. I'll do it today. You can do it. So we talk about you can ask for help, you know, and you know, like don't be afraid of it. You know, our actual question of the day was do you have a hard time asking for help? Most people, what do you think most people said? And I'll tell you what the answers were. Um, yes, absolutely. You think the answer right? was yes. Because when you ask for help, you're showcasing a form of vulnerability. Woo! And then when you showcase that form of vulnerability, we automatically go to weakness. Oh, yeah. Uh, yeah. Most people say yes. Only the one, two people said no, but the rest were yes. Two, one, someone said a closed mouth don't get fed. Mm. Someone said they don't have a hard time. Someone said they're working on it. And then somebody said they don't lose. This is a good one. Someone said they don't ask for help because they don't want, they have that fear of people taking the credit. Like, oh, well, I helped you. Oh, wow. So that's something that um, they had a lot of the answers. Mm-hmm. So I love your answer. I would say for me personally, I would say no, actually. I think I'm on the no side. Um, I want to always be that person. Like if something, if I didn't get, to, even in school, I was that person that raised their hand and wasn't afraid to go mm-hmm. up to the teacher, go up to people, vent to my friends or people mm-hmm. around me. Um, it's never. I don't think I've, I've ever felt that way personally. What about okay. you guys? Yeah, I mean, for me, I'm more on the no, but definitely it's still a struggle. My partner, he's probably watching this and he's gonna say, yeah, she definitely struggles. I, I, yeah, <laughs> I think yeah too. But yeah. I love you. <laughs> um, but like in learning to sit in my femininity or like actively letting myself ask for help, um, I'm really learning a lot about myself too. That like, Jen, it's okay, you know. And, I recently went through like this whole medical procedure thing where I had to ask for help even mm-hmm. physically and that was a hard thing for yeah, me. No choice. Yeah, so then I think in going through that, um, you know, they say hindsight is twenty twenty, right? That in going through that, I'm seeing that now I'm less embarrassed to ask for help because I think that's where a lot of it was for me. Like looking a certain way in class, like, oh, I didn't know the answer or whatever, you know, or like mm-hmm. even in real life, like, no, I got this, blah, 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 because I always grew up very independent. Mm-hmm. But now I'm just learning to, it's okay, Jen, like let people help you be okay to ask for help mm-hmm. yeah so you, you express you know someone said a closed mouth doesn't get fed mm-hmm. right my grandmother used to say a closed mouth doesn't get fed a closed hand doesn't get bread and a closed mind will never get ahead Woo! okay right so i often think about that and i let all my clients know the, the, the one question i want to ask you guys though to, to reverse it is um in your household growing up as a child mm-hmm. was asking for help easy it's funny how you brought that because that's the next yeah. topic. Oh. <laughs> right, because that. then that would explain. I love that. Um, was it? I was the oldest, and I had to do everything. I don't know. Come, come, what you doing? <laughs> I got the, I got the one right there. Her sister's here. You know what? It was, I, I didn't have no one to ask for help. I would say that I just kind of uh-huh. did things. So my circle of friends were the people I would go to. Mm-hmm. So I think that's why they have a hard time personally. Okay. Mm-hmm. And I think for me, you know, growing up with mainly Spanish speaking parents, Mm -hmm. I had to be the one they asked for help. I was a translator, Mm -hmm. the accountant, you know, I was all of that (laughs) for them. So that's why I think I grew up not asking for help because my mom came to me for a lot of things, Mm -hmm. you know, and then I am the older in the the older sibling living in the house. So I was the one who always, you know, tried to hold things together. If an emergency went down, I was the one who called, you know, the ambulance or something. So I think, yeah, definitely for me, that's where it stems from, that I just had to learn to let go of being a child at a very young age. Mm. Okay. Yeah, what about you? I'm curious about your answer. Um, asking for help, was it, it wasn't a challenge for me. Mm. Um, I think what sometimes growing up through my healing journey, accepting the help was Wow, okay. Right, because then we get into that mindset of um, only child syndrome, right? Mm-hmm. You When you have an issue, you're going to do with it on your own, and that... We don't want to put our issues or burdens onto anybody right. else, mm-hmm. right? Without realizing that the support is there and all we got to do is just ask for it or accept it. That's true, especially when it's genuine. Mm-hmm. That's a, it's a big one, I feel like, when we can't ask for help when it is genuine help that's actually get, given to us, mm-hmm. you know? So our topic we're actually going to get into, let's talk about the stigma of therapy, you know, how it can root from household, community, media. I mean, in my household, it's an insult. Like, you know, like I've heard, you know, I've heard it going out. You need that, you know, just people just throwing it at you like you're like it's something wrong with you versus like 
we're all healing, right? And oh, for I think sure. We all need therapy. Having to accept that it's a normal thing, but when you grow up with certain norms of like, oh, they're going to therapy, you know, that's something I saw growing up or stuff I've seen online. Yeah, I mean, I'm, I've disclosed this before, but I did go to therapy when I was younger. Mm-hmm. Um, I was a very angry child, you know, I had a lot of abandonment issues. Um, mm-hmm. So I think therapy helped me a lot when I was younger, but it's not something that I just bring up in conversation, you know. Now mm-hmm. I'm able to talk about it, but when I was actually in it, I was so afraid that people would find out, you know, and I was like, oh, no, my friends can't know that I'm this angry kid or whatever, um, because mm-hmm. I was still trying to understand what therapy was actually doing for me. You know, yeah. at first I was mad that I had to go because I didn't have a say in going like all the adults decided for me Jen you need therapy so I think that's for me where that stigma actually came from where it's like it was forced upon me it was like something scary and then at that time I thought something was really wrong with me for needing to go Mm -hmm. but now I see it as like wow you know if I hadn't gone through all that if I hadn't actually talked to somebody then who would I be now Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I think you know it it definitely starts within the household Mm -hmm. right um so many ways I want to go about this. Uh, I think that people, when we think about emotions and expressing ourselves as children, right, are we always welcome that space, mm-hmm. right? So if we're not in tune with our emotions very early on within our childhood, how do we expect ourselves to control them in our adulthood, yeah. right? So there's a, a, a quote that I saw the other day that said, imagine being a child and having your emotions constantly um, um, not acknowledged, mm-hmm. right? And then waking up one day, expect to acknowledge your own emotions. Right. Whoa. That's difficult. You have to learn how to do that process, mm-hmm. right? And the thing about therapy, I think that, which is a problem problem that I see within our community right now, is that we only see therapy as treatment, mm-hmm. not as prevention. Why do we have to wait oh till there's a big issue yeah. for us to then get therapy? Why That's not, true. you know, see it as prevention to prevent the big issue from coming up? Mm. I'm glad you said it because I actually just got some work done in my car recently and I was like, I'd rather pay for the prevention than like the problem. Mm-hmm. So I, I love that you put that together. That's amazing. Oh, Bessie, we got some love in the yeah, comments. I was going to bring Ooh. that up. Um, so CED Connect, shout out to you. Um, he says, yes, I have a hard time uh, asking for help, especially with helping with my brand. I feel that if I can't pay them for the help and their time, it makes it really hard to ask for help. So that's kind of like conditional help, right? Where it's like you both benefit from each other in that helping space. But it's like, who is that actually benefiting in that case? Aren't you actually hurting yourself when you're not asking for help and you actually need it? Mm. Mm-hmm. And what are the expectations? Right. Right. When we ask for help, are we expecting, is that, are we asking for help and then saying, hey, if you help me, then I'm going to do these things for you? Mm. If it's a genuine, connect, a genuine connection, right, and you're my boy or my girls, right, then, like, if I ask for help, you're going to do it out of the kindness right. of your heart. There shouldn't be something in return unless we have that conversation. Right. I love that. And I think sometimes when people have experienced that type of conditional help, it makes them afraid to ask for help when it's time. So let's talk about debunking the myth that you're weak for needing help. I think that's a sign of strength. Like if you can admit, you know what, I'm not my best. I need to go and get help for it. Mm-hmm. Uh, what are y'all intakes on, on that myth that, you know, debunking that? Oh, definitely. I mean, I like to think of what's productive, right? So mm-hmm. if I'm not asking for help or if I'm not getting the help how is that productive to me like what am I actually doing Mm. to better myself and then I'm over here sitting on a podcast talking about bettering myself but I'm over here dealing with all these demons in my head that I've never even brought out to the surface Mm. right so I think that's definitely something that's hurting our communities Mm -hmm. um, especially with us people of color because yeah maybe in our household our families have already told us no you know there's nothing wrong with you you're just being lazy or you're just overreacting Mm -hmm. or whichever xyz phrases we've heard but um, getting older, I think it's really important for us to find ways to actually get away from that. Thank you. Yeah. Oh, no, that, that's a definitely a good point. So we have a question for you. Um, have you ever ran into a client who grew up with a stigma towards going to therapy? Oh, yeah, all the time. Every day. <laughs> uh, every day. When you think about our generation, uh, we grow up with that stigma that going to therapy is you know, uh, there must be something extremely wrong with you for you Mm -hmm. to go to therapy, Mm -hmm. right? Um, I think that within asking for help and going to therapy is also knowing yourself, right? And understanding and acknowledging your capacity and your limitations, Mm -hmm. right? Sometimes uh, we allow for our, uh, I'll call it a bucket. We allow for that bucket. Well, I'll I'll call it a bubble, right? So think of uh, uh, um, a bubble, right? You're 
you're dealing with life, right? Life is happening, and that bubble is getting filled up with all types of shit, mm. right? If you don't allow yourself to release, little by little, this bubble, what's going to happen to the bubble? Pop. It's going to pop, yeah. right? And then we don't know what that pop is going to look like. There's going to be some form of outcome that's not going to be the best for us, right? So to prevent that from popping, little by little, you have to allow yourself to release as you go along through life. Wow. And that's how I see therapy. I see it as a way of allowing yourself to release what we keep stuck in, you know, in our mind that's constantly playing this cycle. Oh, that's big. Dang. And I think what gets in the way is sometimes it could be our pride. And I think that fuels the flame of like, I got this. Mm-hmm. And I think we could we, we could cause our own self-destruction sometimes mm-hmm. by not just getting the help that we need. Yeah, mm-hmm. Like, I'll give an example. Oh, I'm sorry, cut you. No, I was oh. going to say, you know, a prime example, you know, if you see that you have an issue, right, and then you don't ask for help because of pride, then my question is, is then what role are you playing within your issue? Mm. Oh, damn. Look. <laughs> so, 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 you're, some therapy so you're adding onto the issue by That's not asking issue. for help. Yeah, yes. like I even think of before the show, I could have like played it off like I like, like I got it and I made that phone call that I made. But mm-hmm. that, that's an example. I, it would have been bad if I didn't call. Exactly. You know, but not having the pride to do it. Because <laughs> I was like, dang, I guess it's you. But I was like, you know what? Hey, it happens. <laughs> Jen, you missed the beginning. <laughs> uh, um, CBD Connects wrote, wow, I've never thought of that idea with therapy as a child. I'm actively looking for therapy for my teenage daughter. I was oh. referring to your experience of being angry that the adults made you do it. Yeah, I mean, I think it's, I had a very different experience, you know, especially growing up Latina. Like, you know, mental health is definitely not something that is actively talked about. Even in my own household, um, I have certain family members that have been diagnosed with certain things and explaining it to like the older generation, like mm-hmm. why they aren't functioning the way us uh, quote unquote normal adults do um, is really hard. And it's a conversation that I have to have quite often actually. Um, and sometimes I feel like I'm not the right person to have it, yeah. especially being a woman, you know, talking to maybe an older man, you know, Mexican man at that. So. How was the approach though? How did your family approach you and say, hey, therapy is gonna, is, is gonna be this for you? Or was it like, you have a problem, you need to go here because that's going to fix the problem? Mm-hmm. I mean, I think they started seeing certain behaviors in the classroom, mm-hmm. um, mainly like, I mean, not to put my brother's business out there, but mainly with my brother. Um, but then obviously I'm, I'm related to him, so they started seeing certain behaviors in myself as well, um, especially in the household. Like my mom said I was always very angry. I barely remember because I feel like I blocked out so much of that. Mm-hmm. But um, yeah, I do remember one time like a social worker came to the house and I don't know what the adults were talking about or whichever. I was about like 10 or 11 at mm-hmm. that time. Um, but then my mom said, oh, you know, we're going to start going to certain, see certain people during the week. And at first that's how she described it to me. And I was like, what do you mean certain people? She's like, you'll see, it'll be an after school thing, you know, but it's a family thing. And at first it did start with the family, but then little by little, they started pulling me by myself. And I think one thing I liked, at least while I was in therapy, is that my therapist took the approach of like dominoes, you know, like we're playing dominoes together or games in general, you know, so. Play therapy. Yeah, Mm -hmm. yeah. So I think that helped me out a lot because I didn't realize how much she was pulling out conversations from me while we were playing. I just thought I was playing with somebody and no, I don't want to talk. But little by little, she started you know, getting me mm-hmm. out of my shell. Yeah, and there's different forms of therapy too, right? So there's like art therapy, there's holistic wow. therapy, there's different forms of ther- modalities of therapy where you don't have to just sit and talk to someone, mm-hmm. you know? Wow, look, I hope y'all, hey, feel free y'all to comment if y'all got, Jen's watching the chat very closely and ask yeah. questions because, look, this is, I'm learning already on this. <laughs> so, shoot, how do we know when it's time to ask for help? Mm. I think, it's like you were saying that preventative. I think before you... <laughs> Before it gets like super bad, um, I have a fear of things like going over edge completely. Mm-hmm. Maybe I don't know. I always try to prevent things. Maybe it's overthinking, but that's how I get by with life, mm-hmm. personally. So uh, we have a question. Um, have you ever had a stigma towards therapy? Um, I think when I was younger, for sure, I had a stigma mm-hmm. towards therapy mm-hmm. um, because that was like passed down through the comments that I was hearing around me, right? right. When I was younger, being raised by my grandmother, right, and I would feel sad or in my emotions, right, it was never, oh, let's talk about it. It was, go drink a glass of milk. That'll make you feel mm-hmm. better. Or oh. I'll pray about it tonight. That was the main one. You know, and I, you know, no shade to, to religion, uh, but sometimes religion has us in that chokehold that doesn't allow us to seek mm-hmm. the, the real treatment we need. I agree. For things that are instilled in us. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I mean, wow. And then, um, let's, uh, let me see. Oh, another question I have to ask you. My bad. I forget this one. What's something about therapy that you think people should know? 
Um, there are therapists out there that look like you. Ooh. Um, uh, therapy is like dating. Okay. Right? You have to feel certain individuals out. If mm. the energy is not right, if you're not connecting, mm. go to another therapist. You don't have to stick okay. to that therapist. Mm. Um, in, in regards to, I want to mention something about uh, insurance, right? Because I think a lot of, I think the financial aspect of okay. therapy yes. too yes. doesn't make people desire therapy. Okay. When you think about insurance companies, right? They pay for, for therapy once you are diagnosed. Mm. Okay. So you have to, you can't go to therapy and have it covered for insurance if it's prevention. It has to be treatment. Not everybody needs a diagnosis or deserves a diagnosis. If you're dealing with work stress, do I have to give you a general anxiety disorder? Right. Yeah. No, you're dealing with work stress. So let's develop coping mechanisms to help with the stress. stress. Right. Wow. But it's like that, that piece is like, you know, in most therapists of color are not on insurance panels because that is a whole nother, mm. whole nother ball game. A whole nother six to eight months trying to figure out What's how to navigate on? all of that. Sheesh. So there's a lot of steps there. Wow. Mm-hmm. Hope y'all listening out there. Like, did you really kind of let us get better? I know. <laughs> I'm like, I'm all calm right now. So y'all, it is time for our tweet up segment. So y'all know I love to be on Twitter. So something that I tweeted this week that goes with our topic is sometimes seeking help is the answer. And it's as simple as that. We don't have all the answers. Like this life so far, I'm 28 years old, about to be 29 very soon. And I've learned that I don't know everything. And you know what? Younger, like my little sister is actually in the studio with, I learn from her every day. I learn people older than me and stuff. And it's nothing wrong with asking for help. And you never know how far you're going to get by asking for help. I agree. I think a lot of it has to do too with acknowledging that mental health is very real. Mm-hmm. You know, I think because we can't see it on somebody across the street or whatever, and we think, oh, they're just acting a certain way. But it's like, you don't know what kind of things they're dealing with. I'm not justifying everybody's behavior to go, you know, act a certain way. But I think I think about that a lot too, because in going through certain things in my life, and I'm like, dang, you know, I don't feel my best, but this isn't like an everyday thing. I can't imagine what it feels like to have that as an actual diagnosis or an everyday feeling or it's not even a feeling like at that point sometimes it's chemical right Mm -hmm. so thinking about that too I'm just like learning to have more grace with people and just realizing we all deal with our mental health in different ways too and on a a different uh gravity scale I would say Mm wow well said right there I'm in a day too you know seeking help I think it requires like you were saying like a relationship with our with our vulnerables by like not being afraid to show that you know um what's your intake on vulnerability anything you would even want to say about it i think vulnerability is beautiful right oh thank yes <laughs> right you, you have to be able to be in tune with yourself uh you know to know yourself mm-hmm. right and i see vulnerability as the love that you show towards others but also how you show love towards yourself so that gentleness mm-hmm. right i often think about the when i talk to my clients i talk talk to them about the three s's Okay. Right, self-love, self-care, and self-talk. Yes. If we were to Ooh. rate our self-love, self-care, and self-talk, how would we rate ourselves? What would that look like? That's, that's a good question. <laughs> I think my self-talk would be at the lowest at certain times. Okay. Um, and so somewhat of a, a negative self-talk. Mm-hmm. Right? I now, mean, not it, as much as before. Right. Is that your voice or is that somebody else's voice? Ooh. I think it, it goes back and forth sometimes Mm. yeah I mean mainly it's me um because then too I like I'm also learning to not let people get in my head so much like the things that they say to me um but it's also a lot of things that I'm like dang I am 28 and I should have been this you know or I shouldn't be feeling this way I'm I'm trying to look at my blessings and things like that but I've noticed especially lately like in my recovery it's been really hard for me to find things to be grateful for to feel blessed about um so that self-talk is there, you know, mm-hmm. even on the daily. But sometimes, like, I'm in the shower or, you know, I'll use the restroom and I'm just like, okay, Jen, like, what is something good you can tell yourself right now? And it, it helps a little bit. <laughs> mm-hmm. So just imagine having negative self-talk every day. Yeah. You start to believe it. Mm-hmm. It becomes your reality, mm-hmm. right? So you have to allow yourself cycles of breaking that thought pattern. Yeah. Right. If I if you tell me I'm not smart 365 days out the year mm-hmm. on December 31st, I'm going to be like, yeah, you're right, because I'm comfy hearing that. Yeah. Right. So we have to have moments where we are hearing something fulfilling. Right. Are we living by the standards that society has created for us? Mm-hmm. Or are we living by the standards that make us feel content and can meet? 
Oh, I love that. Yeah, self talk. Yeah, has definitely changed my life. Mm-hmm. Me and Jim went to a seminar, and self talk was the topic, mm-hmm. and that was the first time I heard about self talk. Like, you know, I didn't. You know, I, I would be mean to myself all the time, but since I started rewiring that, I definitely see a change. You're right. You believe, even if someone said something messed up to you, you like, well, I know. I'm, you know I, look, exactly. what you gonna tell me? Right. Like, <laughs> right. Because there's more positive self talk happening than negative self talk. Right. So it's like that. Yeah, you're right. I can't feel that flame. Mm-hmm. So um, going off of vulnerability, just like you were saying, how like you're open with your clients about you know your healing as well you know you you are going you're healing on a daily basis you know it goes that whole thing it does start with ourselves to impact our community because Absolutely. I feel like that adds to people being comfortable to open up because it's like oh you know he's open enough to he's not afraid of his vulnerable side I can show mine too and I think that it adds to your impact and you're you're impacting people around you absolutely I'm, I'm the type <laughs> I always make fun of myself in sessions because every time something like positive happens in my client's life, I always cry. Wow. And I always let my clients know, like, don't be going out there letting everybody know that you're there for crying in sessions, okay? <laughs> Tears of joy, though, so they're good. Right, but I think oftentimes people need to see that, right? Mm-hmm. See that, the, oh, there is a stranger out there that could still celebrate me in my small wins yes. and is mm-hmm. acknowledging my small wins. So I should also acknowledge my small wins. Yes. Do we acknowledge our small wins as often as we should? We, I need to a little more. Right. Yeah. The flowers, look, was a reminder. <laughs> yes. Like, this is the big today. So we have a question. Um, do you find that more men or more women seek therapy? And mm. why do you think this is? Whatever the answer is. Um, I think that the general answer is women, of course, come to therapy more often because mm. they're more in tune with their emotions. Mm. Um, I think where I'm starting to see a larger um, increase of men of color coming to Beautiful. therapy. Beautiful. Nice. Yeah. Well, I like that answer. Yes. And it's funny because we actually have more male listeners on our show than, oh. than women. I, th- mm-hmm. I found that very interesting, mm-hmm. actually. Cause, um, well, well, brothers. Women Go love ahead. a sensitive man. There we go. The same. Get him the inside. Okay, even the gays love a sensitive man. Yeah. <laughs> Look, I love it. No, for real. Um, so we have another question for you. Um, how do you take care of your mental health in being a healer? Oh, um, lots of meditation. Right. Okay. Um, I am very comfortable in my solitude. Yes. My yes. solitude is so important to Agreed. me. I can feel right? this. So yes. I, I'm the type that's like, I'll work, right? But I also know that um, environment is extremely important to me. Mm-hmm. So I allow myself to constantly change my environment. Mm. Right, so I'll be the the one to be like, oh, Eric, where you at this weekend? Oh, I'm in Mexico by myself. There we go. Uh, That's amazing. You know, uh, in a hut somewhere, chilling, vibing, tapping into myself. Uh, so that's how I uh, handle my mental health is I make sure that my solitude is is key. There's pros and cons to that though, but at the same time, you know, I love it. And it's like you on point with yourself. It's like even if the world chaotic, it's like this <laughs> is right. good, so we we good. Right. Well, what what I think about is that I'm constantly providing space for other people, right? Yes. And if I allow for that space to overwhelm me, then that's not gonna allow for me to have a social life, mm. right? So I know that I have to provide space for my clients, provide space for my important relationships, but then I also have to give myself a moment to um, tap into the relationship with myself. Because right, yeah. while I'm dealing with all of this, there are maybe some things that I'm not noticing about myself mm-hmm. or or not noticing within my body that my body's telling me that I need, oh, right? So I allow yeah. for myself for those moments of solitude to just solely focus on my temple. I love that. Yeah. It's beautiful. I mean, your body, your mind is the only one you have, right? So and, it's the and they are very connected. <laughs> right, they do talk to each other. Yes. I know that. So it is time for our Life Up segment. So that's when we take the episode and we compare it to real life. So, Bestie, what's our Life Up for tonight? Um, so we kind of touched up on this a little bit, but the Life Up segment for tonight is that even though therapy is being talked about more or is being sought after more, there is still the stigma and a lot of work to do. And then the other part is people using a phrase, you need therapy as an insult. And then, the, and then oh, Jim, this was a good one. Was the victim one? Um, yeah, so I like this is something I just started noticing, too, that if you're openly, if you're open about seeking therapy, then all of a sudden, like, the therapy becomes your identity. You know, I've been seeing that a lot where, like, all of a sudden you're a victim of what happened to you. You're a victim of your mental health. You know, people are, like, trying to tread lightly around you and it's like why does that have to change just because i'm seeking therapy now you know or i'm actually trying to help myself now um i don't know if you disagree or you know you have another thought about this but it's just something that i started noticing yeah i I think the that piece is will we say that individuals become more gentle with us 
Yes, but I think in a way, like, they see us, like, as fragile, I uh-huh. would say. Yeah, so, I mean, it's okay to be gentle, but I think they see it more as, like, oh, let me not, you know, step on her toes because she's going to have an episode or something like that. Mm-hmm. I see that as a good thing. I am mm-hmm. fragile right now. I'm facing mm-hmm. myself. Mm-hmm. I'm facing like all of my, my issues. So, yes, I don't want to meet your high expectations right now. Ooh. Right? Because I'm not there. I don't have the capacity. So I need you to be as gentle as possible with me. I am a, you know... Think of me as a, um, a shattered china set that's trying to put mm-hmm. myself back together, mm-hmm. right? I so I do need you to hold me with care while I deal with this process. It's not going to be like that forever, mm-hmm. right? But your support system should hold you with care when you're dealing with uh, yourself. I love that. I use that more as of a, an empowering it, type of thing. Mm-hmm. And I'm glad you said that because <laughs> lately I've been working on not being ashamed of my sensitive side because I could be like very, Ooh, very sensitive. On. Listen. So I'm learning <laughs> to like tell people, oh, I, that did hurt my feelings mm-hmm. or you know what, can you not say that? Like I've been mean, okay with it and mm-hmm. I feel like, oh, I'm showing it. Like, Where do you think that comes from? Oh, my child. All the way. Yeah. All the way. Mm-hmm. Um, I went through a lot of emotional trauma growing up a lot, um, but I didn't feel like my feelings were validated Valid as a kid heard, a lot. Seen, so yeah. when I would, like, I wish I just tip you toe around. Even I'm, I'm hurt, but I'll tip you tip you toe around others to make sure they're still happy. Mm-hmm. But I'm learning that it's okay if it's still, if I am hurt and I'm telling you about it. Right. You know? Yeah, you know, I was having a conversation with my sister the other day and I had to hold her accountable, right? Oh. She was uh, talking to my niece and my niece started crying. And, you know, just like any parent of color, we, did that, that we get this passed down, you know, from our... Um, Parents is like stop that crime before I give you something to cry about. Right. Oh, or, I know that, I know that for you know, <laughs> you know, or you're in trouble for expressing your feelings. Go to your room, yes. right? Just imagine what that does to a person. You grow up, start thinking that, oh my God, if I express myself, I'm gonna get in trouble. Yeah. Oh my God, if I express myself, right, um, there's gonna be some form of negative outcome mm-hmm. by that. Yes. So I'm gonna keep it balled up and inside. So I think sensitivity is a beautiful thing. If you allow yourself to be sensitive, what you're doing is you're rehealing your inner child. Oh, giving it that voice and nurturing. Mm-hmm. Oh my goodness, it's so nice. So another part of our life though too is people not knowing where resource resources are out there, especially affordable ones as we we're talking about. So what are three resources you could recommend for people? Like it can be anything, but anything on top of your head. For sure, Beam Organization is here in Los Angeles. Mm-hmm. They're amazing. They're a Black mental health uh, organization that has Love lots it. of resources. Um, for my women of color, black women of color, there is a foundation called the Loveland Foundation. Mm-hmm. And uh, if you yes. apply, they cover 12 free sessions of therapy. Mm-hmm. Wow. That, yeah. Look, y'all, take notes out there. Does CBD Connect say something else? My eyes can today. Uh, no. Oh, okay. I thought I was tripping. And then also, too, people thinking that therapy is the end-all, be-all, you know, um, like you're saying, it's the work that needs to be done. Someone could talk to us all day, give us most motivational. Should be a jinkin' me on here all day trying to motivate people, but it's like, are we doing the work outside of these mm-hmm. microphones? Or like you said, the, are you doing the work outside of being a therapist? So you're right. Like, you can give people tips all day, tell them what you are. Are they exercising it? And I think that's where it goes, that self, the right. with, digging within. Right, yeah. Like, I started my healing journey while I was in grad school. Because uh, I would sit there sometimes learning these modalities and learning these behaviors. And I would mm-hmm. look at myself like, bitch. You need to see a therapist yourself, right? So it's been, right, it, it's been seven years I've been in therapy, mm-hmm. right, as a therapist, right? And I, yes, I don't go as frequent as like uh, someone new to therapy. Mm-hmm. It's a different um, uh, participation now. Right now I'm at like a maintenance bit. Mm. Right, I'm trying to maintain Which, where I'm at. Yeah, I love that. I respect that a lot too. Um, and just putting it out there also, like you might need multiple tries at therapy, right? Like yes. how you were saying, it's like dating. Um, and I think that's really important too because even for me, you know, I grew up with the viewing therapy a certain way when I actually was in therapy and now that I'm older, I'm like, let me give it a chance, you know, or a different try. Mm-hmm. Um, because also I am a different person now too. Mm-hmm. My mindset has changed. So different things are coming at us in life. And let's be real, sometimes it is good to just let it all out or find ways that we couldn't even think about from somebody, like you said, a stranger, somebody who wouldn't judge us no matter what we say, mm-hmm. um, up to a certain point, of course. <laughs> um, but yeah, just putting it out there that sometimes we would need multiple tries. That's huge. But y'all know what time it is. It is time for our drink up water segment. So if you're listening out there, please grab some water and drink some water. And Jen's going to have a drink up back for tonight. Water fact, my bad. <laughs> All right, y'all. Sorry, I had to take my little sip right there. So tonight's water fact is water is needed to make the energy that fuels the brain. We're talking about mental health, right? So unlike other areas of the body, the brain can't store water. So it relies on available water supplies. 
Not surprisingly, healthy brain functioning is one of the benefits of drinking water. A water detox can boost your mental clarity, emotional well-being, and also enhance your creativity. Mm -hmm. And we got the therapist nodding his head here, so that says that that is true, y'all. Remember to drink your water because if you're going to try to take care of your brain, make sure that it is able to fully function and it doesn't provide water in its own, so you need to provide it for it. Oh, well said. That was our water fact for tonight with Jim. Y'all better have drink some water. We're going to get you if you need it. Oh, and he brought us some great water today, too. So we over here popping with our water. So let's get back to the episode. So um, what do you seek to achieve in being a therapist? Mm, Oh, we got therapists going, ooh. (laughs) What do I seek to achieve as being a therapist? Um, If I could just help one person become a better version of themselves, I have accomplished. Mm, Yeah. Yeah. For you sure. already doing it right now. Yes. <laughs> yeah. That's a that's a beautiful answer. I'm like, okay. Right. And and just teaching people that you choosing yourself is not selfish. Mm-hmm. Right? And like you have to make sure that you are full before you fill other people's cup. Absolutely. Stuff, I right? love that. I always let my family know, right? If if I'm not full, how do you expect me to be there? If I'm at fifty percent and you need me. And I'm like, yo, I only got 50%. If, are you deserving of 50%? Hmm. Oh, that's big too. Right? Yeah. If you're willing to take 50%, bet I'll be there every day. <laughs> right? But if I'm not, if I, you know, if I don't have 100% to give you, then I'm not going to give you anything because I want to make sure that I give people my best, but I have to make sure that I'm at my best. I love that. And I love how people have created that space where, like, they check in with people before they vent and stuff like that because, like, you're right, you don't know what what mental capacity they are. Mm -hmm. And also, too, like, if someone has to call me with something important, I like to make sure I'm free so I can Mm -hmm. talk because it's like they do deserve the full attention if there's something important going on. So I love that. That, that, that. That's a good point right there. And also, too, you know, we talk about self-love interviews on this show, and a part of it is taking care of your mind. Therapy is a great way to take care of your mind, you know. Like you said, there's different ways to do it, whether, you know, it is talking, art, and stuff like that. So mm-hmm. that's huge. Yeah, definitely. Um, what's something you wish you would have known before becoming a therapist? <laughs> Good question. Oh, that it was going to affect my fucking dating life. Oh, Lord really? Jesus. Expand on that. You know, as, as a therapist, you know, when, when I engage with people, I'm like, oh, that's an issue. Oh, that, yep, yeah, there's a red flag. There's a lack of emotional maturity. Oops, oh, my God. Oh, like, all so types bad. of stuff, right? And, and I could do that with friends or in spaces, but imagine being on a date and talking Damn. to someone and they're expressing themselves. And I'm like, whoa, right? But then I also have to think about, like, everybody's going to come that way, right? Mm-hmm. If you're not in therapy and actively healing, you're, you're always going to have some form. Right. Uh, wow. And it's also perception. It's my perception, right, which may not be real, mm-hmm. right? I may see something as an issue, but that individual may not see it as an issue. I see. So I also have to hold myself accountable and check myself. But it definitely for sure has affected my dating life. Um, what else? Um the emotional toll that it does on the body. Wow. Right? So I am somewhat of an empath, so I hold energy. Right. So throughout my days, I'm constantly like, ooh, 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 ah, ah, because I'm constantly hearing these things, right? So um, I have to make sure I take care of my body, right? Mm-hmm. So that's like investment in the body, making sure that I'm getting deep tissues, make sure that I'm getting cuts, wow, make sure I'm nice. like releasing, doing detoxes, right. right? Working out, moving my body, moving my muscles, going to the chiropractor. Thank you for this perspective. Like yeah. we don't hear, you don't hear this a lot. Mm-hmm. You know, this side of, of therapy. Mm-hmm. Oh my goodness! Wow. Right. So like, I'm sitting down six days, you know, six hours a day, like talking to people, and if mm-hmm. I hear trauma, I automatically raise my shoulders. Dang. Right. So by the end of the night, by the end of the day, my eat my shoulders are touching my ears. So I have to like, you know, like adjust and like position myself and like stretch, and wow. it's a whole deal. So oh. it's a it's a toll on the body because you're storing that emotion. Yeah. And then um, you mentioned dating too. Do you feel like the people you're, you know, you, you ever date you ever went on, they approached you a certain way because they knew you were a therapist? Yes. I was gonna ask that. Yeah. yeah. Yes. <laughs> so right. I, I want to be your man, not your therapist. Woo! <laughs> <laughs> like I will support you and you know and 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 you know be a cheerleader, <laughs> but I'm not gonna hold your hand, right? There's a saying that if I give you a fish, you eat for a day. If I teach you how to fish, you eat for a lifetime. Yes. Right. So I need you to oh, teach power. yourself how to yes. do that shit. <laughs> they said that are raising Katie recently too. Yes, that's real. Um, sorry, I was gonna ask you. Have you ever found yourself? I don't know what the proper term is, but like, uh, is it? 
transference or like when you're transference yeah have you ever felt found yourself doing that yeah absolutely mm. um i think that counter transference for me happens where i am reminded of toxic individuals in my family mm. and that exchange happens and automatically i have to check myself right so it's ensuring that you are checking yourself and not allowing for any of your personal bias right. or perceptions to jump onto that person Oh, right, and it's like holding yourself huge. accountable, and some therapists don't hold themselves accountable. Mm-hmm. Oh my goodness, that's good that you're aware of that, though. Because yeah, I always think about that. I'm like, I know we all come with our own morals, ideologies, biases too. Mm-hmm. So I was like, you know, I, I definitely wanted to get your intake on that. Yeah, mm-hmm. and this isn't a question that we came up with; it just came to my mind. How do you feel like you know with you being a therapist? How's your presence online? Like, do you, do you see anything like with TikTok, Instagram? Like, what's your intake on? You know, that I'm not new a wave going around. I'm a social media guy, but I'm not a social media guy. Mm-hmm. You know, like I think it's great to like do all the TikToks and market yourself, um, but that's just not for everybody. You know, and I, I I know that I need to tap more into that, but at the okay. same time, it's just like. Yeah, okay. Come by to me. If you fuck with me, you fuck with me. You gonna come. You gonna come. (laughs) So, yeah. Yeah. Because I think about like all those pages, like therapists giving advice online and stuff. There's so much information out there, and it's like, Mm -hmm. what do you listen to? What do you don't? You know. Mm -hmm. Well, I think you know everybody is a therapist nowadays. Yeah, right. Everybody is. Everybody's giving advice. (laughs) Everybody is giving some form of wellness, and and I think that's beautiful that we're tapping into that and using each other to motivate each other to Mm -hmm. become more aware of our wellness. Right. Mm -hmm. That's great one issue is that not everything's going to work for it you know not, mm. what works for you may be completely different for you right, right? so it's just ensuring that uh, people who are on social media and are watching these videos are taking things it's like pulling what you feel is right for you doesn't mean that just because this person say you have to go to a silent retreat means that you have to go to a silent retreat right. mm. you know like do what is what fits you and what is comfortable with you i respect yeah. that i love that and it's time for our quote up segment. So y'all know Bessie's a quote, so she got a quote for tonight. Okay. <laughs> I mean, we've already touched up on this, but it's definitely a good quote. Um, the quote is, ask for help, not because you're weak, but because you want to remain strong. Mm. Mm. Can I add one? Go ahead. So I'm going to give you guys the quote of the year. Oh, let's hear the this. The quote of the year is, whatever you are not changing, you are choosing. Oh, I'm about to fall out of this Whatever chair. Whatever you are not changing, you are choosing. Yes. Think about that. In every aspect of your life, if you are not changing certain things, you are choosing to do that. True. That is so yeah, we, I, I, I've been learning to, like, we have more control over our life than we think. Mm-hmm. Like, we, sometimes we feel like we're stuck and stuff, but it's like really our, our mind is so powerful. Like, it can move clouds if we allow it to. Mm-hmm. So I love that you brought that quote up because it's, it's really good. That is a quote of the year, by the way. Since the year's <laughs> coming to an end. And you know, I want to say this too. As much as we can tell ourselves, I got this, sometimes we don't. Yeah. <laughs> it's okay to ask somebody for help and to figure it out. Because I've been telling myself, I'm going to figure this shit out one way or another. But sometimes it might include me getting my village together to, to make that happen. Mm-hmm. Definitely. Um, so we have a fun question for you. Um, who would play you in a movie about your life? <laughs> ha! That's it. hilarious. <laughs> um... Oh Lord, <laughs> who would play me? You're like, who's worthy? <laughs> no, this is hard because I don't watch TV, so I'm not really in tune with like um, actors and stuff. But um, I don't know. Or maybe they don't have to be an actor. Maybe like a you know a talk personality that you know, or just anybody. Like it doesn't necessarily have to be in the acting field. Yeah. Um, I think the person that would play me would just have to tap into masculine and feminine energy. Mm. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I like that. Yeah, that's, a, that's a hard that question. That is a hard question. I'm like, who would play me? <laughs> no, that's a, who would play? I don't even know. She always tells me that. <laughs> J-Lo over there. I know, that's right. We got, we got Lotto over there in, the front, in front of us. Girl. You know, at first I was going to say Chris Brown, but you know, I'm, I'm bald. Go ahead and say it. Uh, and then I was also thinking Bow Wow, but it, Bow Wow? Uh, <laughs> I don't know about Bow Wow. <laughs> Why are you making us laugh? I love this. I'm taller than Bow Wow. <laughs> True, the song went true. Oh my Did you hear that? The song said true. Oh, that was perfect. Why did the song say true? That's to be like a little. Bow wow, that's a good one. Right I said a little bow wow. You just don't know. Yeah. You move so fast. 
that's my song. Um, okay, that was great. So it is time for our wrap-up segments. Honestly, how does this relate to self-love? Self-love is loving yourself to seek help. Yes, like, mm-hmm. if you love yourself, you're going to figure it out. Like, anything that you love, let's say you broke something, you're going to do what it takes to make it, but you have to go get real advice. Do that with yourself. Sometimes mm-hmm. we need professional advice or we need a good friend. So don't be afraid to ask for help, y'all. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think one thing I'm really liking about our generation um, is that mental health is more talked about. You know, if, like, your family life isn't such a... Uh, how can I say it? like a safe space for you to do it at least you have a friend group or hopefully you have a friend group right or maybe you're talking to somebody on a professional level um, I think that's one thing that one way we can start debunking that stigma that there is still going on around especially with the older generations because let's be true <laughs> like song, I'm sorry let's be real a lot of our parents grandparents you know probably needed mental health um, help as well and didn't seek it for whatever reason so maybe we're that generation who's gonna start making that change or helping Mm-hmm. Oh, that was beautiful. And, and thinking about your relationship with yourself, right? How would you classify your relationship with yourself? Is mm. it the way you show up towards your friends? Are you being the friend that you are towards your friends, towards yourself? Oh, are you being the big brother to your, you know, siblings as if, you know, to yourself, right? Mm. So are you giving yourself the same energy you're giving to someone else? Oh. KTSE. 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 Keep that same energy. Keep that same mm. energy. Okay, I'm going to write go. that down. So, yes. that's the, so how do you practice self-love? Um, by showing up every day as my authentic self. Ooh, right? You did that um, I love I, it. I refuse to it. make myself small to make someone else comfortable. That's about to go. That's. <laughs> it, is, it is not my responsibility. Look, she's a period. Yeah. <laughs> right, and I think that's something that we have to uh, carry on. Right? True. Absolutely. True. Right, because if, if I allow for my light... <laughs> to shine bright, that doesn't mean that I have to dim yours. Mm-hmm. I that. honor your light as well. Mm-hmm. And we could be in this bitch together shining bright. Hey. It's like the flower quote. We're talking about flowers, but <laughs> yes. the rose and the daisy yeah. still mm-hmm. looking good together. That's right. So I love that. And also too, um, oh, we'd love to ask all of our guests this. What do you want to be remembered for? <laughs> um, what do I want to be remembered? Like just in general in life? Yes. Um, it's the Leo in me, so I would say uh, <laughs> I want to be known, remembered as the party, the good time, the moment, the vibe. You already like, got that here with us. Yeah, okay. you did that. On my funeral, Truth. you know, on my funeral, I want a big ass party, and I want all my friends to twerk their ass off hey. my casket. Okay, I want to be a party <laughs> and be remembered as that. Love that. Yes. Oh my gosh. Oh, that 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 that's big. Don't cry because I'm gone. Be happy because I lived. Mm-hmm. And Jim, what's our wrap up uh, sentence for tonight? Uh, so we want to leave y'all off with saying life will continue to throw things at us and we may not always be able to do it alone. So if you think you need help, please go seek some. Oh, that's huge. We appreciate you coming onto our platform Thank tonight. So didn't it go by fast? It did go by Before fast. we go, can you shout can you shout your website? Yes, absolutely. You can follow me on Instagram at Eric the Baddest Therapist. That is E-R-I-C-K-D-A-B-A-D-D-E-S-T Therapist. Um, or my website, which is ebdtherapist.com. And y'all, he is the baddest. Hey. <laughs> this vibe in here is just popping. Yes. <laughs> Thank you for showing Thank up you today. So this was amazing. Me. We appreciate y'all tapping in live on our 81st episode on the Good News Radio. We are pre-recorded, so dropping very soon. So be on the lookout for that. So subscribe to our YouTube, Spotify, Apple, all that. Speak of JV's Global. Uh, follow us on Instagram at Speak of JV. On Twitter at Speak of JV. My personal is at Bernice. That's V as in Victor, E-R, and I say, but before we go, Quick shout out to our amazing sponsors. Shout out to My Bar, located at 720 East Manchester in Inglewood, California. Get your nails, your lashes, your hair done, and tube gems. Ask for my, she just slayed my nails. Tell that speak of JV, since you to Instagram is at myy.bar. And shout out to Be Actual Natural. Why settle for less? All their products are created with you in mind for a goal to let your self love show through your self care. Their chemical free hair and skincare products are handmade, plant based, and free of fillers or preservatives. Treat yourself while you're taking care of yourself. Start your journey at www.beactualnatural.com or check them out on Instagram at beactualnatural. Yes, we'll be back next Thursday live at 8.30 p.m. Tell your friends. Love y'all. Love y'all. Bye. I had to. (laughs) I needed this one.
Okay, can we take a picture? Oh, I forgot. I was still recording. Oops, we took this off. Coco, can you take a picture of 